Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. It's almost stunning to me that 2021 is just about over. I mean, what a crazy fast year this has been. seems like the older we get, the quicker time flies, but this year has seemed to me to be um, over the top fast. And uh, here we are, right at the end of a year. And um, some of you have uh, found the Mavericks and Misfits podcast this year, even though we started in 2020. And we're just grateful that you've tuned in, thankful that you've um subscribed and um, you know or tuning in every Tuesday when we drop new episodes and um, I'm particularly grateful for those of you that have rated and reviewed it you've helped us get the word out a little bit and starting to get some good feedback uh, from listeners about God using some of the content on the podcast to help people in their walks Um, I am particularly personally encouraged by um, some of the feedback we get from 20-somethings that um, are really hungry Uh, some of them are dissatisfied with what I call frequently status quo Christianity. And, um, that's not by the way, just unique to one denomination status quo. Christianity is in every denomination, whether it's, um, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Pentecostal, charismatic, non-denom, all of that. Um, it can just, everybody's got a rut, you know, there's a rut within every expression of Christianity that we want to avoid. And some of you that are just kind of wired like me, you're hungering to know what is true. (laughs) Like peel off all of the religious ornamentation and tell me the truth so I can decide what I want to do with it. And that's really my heartbeat on Mavericks and Misfits. I'm not looking to control. I'm not looking to get you to um, do anything for me. This is give. This whole podcast is about giving to you an opportunity to think deeply about the things of God, the kingdom of God, the word of God, and then to decide how you're going to wrap your life around it. And so, um, anyway, that's my long winded way of saying thanks for tuning in today. Um, last week we got more feedback off of last week's podcast episode than we have of any that I can think of in recent months. Um, I'm not totally surprised by that because we were in Romans chapter seven and the title of the podcast was, um, killing recurring sin. You know, what do we do about recurring sin in the life of the Christian? How do we kill it? I made mention in that podcast that um, I didn't have time to, you know, fully comprehensively cover the topic, but I did tell the listener why uh, we can find ourselves battling certain areas in our Christian walk that we don't seem to get immediate breakthrough on, whereas in other areas we get, you know, it was instant. We got saved and we were delivered from certain things instantaneously. But most Christians have a, a stubborn patch in their minds, in their hearts, in their soul, wherever you want to locate it. Um, but what I'm describing is a place where we aren't experiencing perfect, comprehensive, unbroken breakthrough. And because of that, we have what I just call recurring sins. Um, I do want to make a difference between the issue of recurring sin versus habitual sin. A habitual sin is something you're enslaved to. It's something that you do regularly. It is something that dominates you. It functions as a master over you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an area in your life where you're prone to weakness, but you have intermittent victory, maybe victory most of the time. And yet there are occasional moments where 
um, you regress and you default to a pattern of fleshly words, fleshly thoughts or fleshly actions. And you, you know, you can go back and listen to that podcast. I strongly recommend that you do so actually just go back and listen to it. Cause it'll help anybody in any station in life. But, um, ultimately Paul gets down to the end of Romans seven. He's like, man, I got this thing. Paul seems to be this issue of covetousness that he wanted things that were forbidden uh, by God to him. And Paul coveted them. He mentions that early in Romans seven and he gets down to the end. He says, I'm sick of this. Why do I do this thing? Why do I, why am I this way? Who's going to deliver me? And then he gives the answer. Uh, of course it is Jesus Christ. The savior is also Jesus Christ, the deliverer. And in stubborn places in our lives, we have to continually, um, return back in hunger and dependence upon Jesus. But what is this issue? I, I do want to go in a slightly different angle and talk about it a little bit today too. Um, because we need the fruit of freedom. It's not enough. It's not enough to just know you're free theologically, free from the penalty of sin, free from the power of sin, eventually free from the presence of sin. I've heard that my whole Christian life. It's one thing to know it, but God, it's not just about knowing the kingdom of God is not in words, but it's in power. So I don't want to, I don't want to say yes to any theology that's not active in my life. I don't want to just checklist stuff and just say, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. But I'm not experiencing that. So if the, if the will of God is for me to be completely free from any, all, and every sin on every level in this life, then I don't want to say I believe that as a potential, but not pursue it as an actual, because that's the essence of religion. The essence of religion is believing a set of facts that you don't live. And so I don't want to do that. And so I want to read to you some verses from Galatians five today. This chapter was crucial in my conversion back in the early 1990s. I'm not going to go down that path today, but I always have just been like anchored in Galatians five, but it has something to do with this issue of what does freedom look like and how do you get free? How do you, I'm talking to you. Um, yeah, I'm talking to me too, but I'm talking to you. How do you get free? from the recurring sin in your life or from a stubborn patch or from, you know, this thing that circles back in every six months or so and you stumble again. Um, how do you get free from it? Well, you, you may not like the easiness of the answer because the answer is easy. Working out that answer is not always easy, but I'm going to give you the answer from Galatians five and it's going to be in the first verse I read. So when we're talking about overcoming recurring sin, here is the answer from the word of God. This is it. Galatians five sixteen. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Right? Right. There's your answer. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm out of here. No, just kidding. That's, that's, that's the answer, but it's not the explanation. So Paul says, if we walk by or in the Holy spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our flesh. That is the answer. And then he goes on to explain it. And so here, let me unpack it a little. Verse 17 of Galatians 5. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now watch this in verses 19, 20, and 21, he, he describes some works of the flesh 
And he says this, he says in verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident, are clear, manifest, they're obvious. And he lists them. Here's some works of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. By the way, that word sorcery is a Greek word, pharmakia, means drug use, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Now watch this. This is the atomic bomb statement in verse 21. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Kaboom. So these things are so, these works of the flesh are so opposite of God that those whose lives are characterized by these type of things on a habitual basis, those people do not have inheritance in the kingdom of God. In other words, this is not describing saved people. Now, saved people can slip into these sins occasionally, but that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying those who live in the lifestyle of sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, uh, drug use, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies. He says, yeah, those people aren't going to heaven. Those people aren't saved. And then in verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit is joy. The fruit of the spirit is peace. The fruit of the spirit is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And then verse 24 is important for us today. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. So verse 16 and verse 25 of Galatians 5, give us a key, a kingdom key to overcoming recurring sin. Again, verse 16, that's the one we opened with. It says that if we walk by the spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our flesh. And verse 25 says, if we live by the spirit, we must also keep in step with the spirit. Okay, so let's just walk through this. I don't have like a big sermon or anything for you today, but I want to help you because the key to overcoming and killing, not managing sin, but killing it. I want you to get this. You can live completely free from that sin that has been harassing you, from that attitude, from that word or communication, that that speech and from that and those activities that have dominated you sinfully, you can be free. Matter of fact, positionally, you are free. You're completely free because there's not a sin in existence that has any rightful authority over the life of a Christian. It's something foreign in the Christian in our flesh or something from the outside provoking us towards sin, like temptation, the world, the devil, There's something within the Christian, that's Romans 7, that is not fully expunged yet. That is the sin imprint. It is the flesh. Paul says there's a law in our flesh that wars against our mind, our our inner person, our true born-again self. He says the flesh doesn't cooperate with the the born-again self. 
So you got this war going on that's repeated here in Galatians 5. The flesh and the spirit are at war against each other. So the flesh does not want to do what is spiritual. And the spirit does not want to do what is fleshly. And so we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and he's warring against the flesh. That's why the Christian can't enjoy their sin. Yeah, listen, if you're, if you're listening to this and you go to church on Sunday and you ask Jesus into your heart, you did the, like the Christianized thing, but you still enjoy your sin and you, you, you have no problems going out and indulging your flesh and then showing up to church when you're supposed to be there and worshiping God, but you feel no compunction about your sin. You're, you're not saved. You need to hear me on that. If you can enjoy your sin and you feel nothing, no conviction, no shame, no guilt, but you freely indulge your sin and you feel no war against that, it's because you're not saved because the Holy Spirit lives inside of every single Christian. And when a Christian sins, the Holy Spirit is grieved and you will feel him. You will feel his grief within you. You can't enjoy your sin. There is pleasure in sin for a moment, but there is deep, deep conviction. And so we can't enjoy our sin like we used to before we were saved. And so the spirit wars against the flesh, but the flesh loves sin. The flesh wants sin. The flesh likes to be independent of God. The flesh wants to run the show. The flesh wants to please itself. And so the flesh doesn't like the ways of the Holy Spirit. And so the flesh never cooperates with the spirit. That's why the word of God tells us to crucify the flesh. That means we are to live in a proactive, never-ending assault against the flesh. My, my, uh, my experience personally and pastorally has been that most Bible Belt Christianity, Christianity trains us to manage the flesh trains us to think that we can't really ever get victory so you just better manage it and that is such a miserable way to live and I've lived that way before as a Christian man just managing my flesh never really conquering it but just trying not to let it get too out of control that's a terrible way to live and that's not what Jesus died and rose for he didn't die and rise so that we could you know lead our flesh on a leash he, he died and rose again and came to live in us so that we would take our flesh and nail it to the cross and watch it die. So let me just give you a couple of things. I'm not really going to go through all of these you know words and verses and go through all the long list of the works of the flesh. You know what flesh is. Come on. Um, but I do want to say that Paul is very clear. If I'm walking in the spirit, if I, Jeff Lyle, am walking in the spirit, the result is, is I will not gratify what my flesh wants. So if I cooperate with the spirit, I will be uncooperative with my flesh. If I'm cooperative with my flesh, I will be uncooperative with the spirit. And so guess who's right in the middle of this equation? You, you are right in the middle of the equation. It boils down to this. Which one are you cooperating with most? Are you cooperating with the spirit? Or are you cooperating with the flesh? I'll put it another way. Which one are you feeding most? Are you feeding the Holy Spirit's work in your life? Or are you feeding the flesh? He said, Jeff, well, how do we do that? Well, um, what are you letting into your life? You have gates, gateways in your life. 
what you see is a gateway. What, what you look at, what you allow to enter your mind through your eyes is a gateway. What you allow to enter your mind through your ears is a gateway. What you put in your body is a gateway. Your relationships are gateways. The philosophies that you ascribe to are gateways. The, the things that influence you externally come into you internally through your senses. And that's what feeds you. It's either feeding your flesh or it's feeding your spirit. And so some of what we do is that we, we, when we begin to walk in the spirit, God raises our radar, our antenna, our internal warning system. And we begin to see that the things coming our direction are either going to help us spiritually or they're going to increase the strength of our flesh. So let me give you some very practical things. And this may sound, please don't hear this as legalism. This is not legalism. This is you walking in the spirit. So if I'm walking in the spirit, that means I'm going to be walking with the spirit. That means where the spirit goes, what the spirit likes. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He's God. He is God in you. He is God at work in the planet. Jesus Christ is sitting bodily. The son of God is sitting bodily on a throne in heaven. God the father is in heaven locationally. It is God the spirit who is working right here on planet earth. By the way, that's very important because a lot of denominations so minimize the spirit. And the, the Holy Spirit is God at work in us right now. And a lot of denominations and religious traditions just acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's around, but they don't actually cooperate with him. That's a different topic for a different time. But my point being is this. So if I'm going to be walking in the Spirit, I'm going to be doing what the Spirit wants to do. I'm going to be energized in my spirit through the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? Well, when I talk about these gateways and these gates into my life, let's just say this. Let's just say I'm a dude and all I do is, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church, but all I do is watch hostile news media outlets and maybe three or four hours a day. I'm watching the hostility in the culture through my favorite news outlet. And what that does is it actually provokes some of the works of the flesh that are listed down there in verses 2021, 20, um, 19 through 21. And, and so I'm feeding my flesh because the world is fleshly. The world is hostile. The world is divided. The world is angry. The world is anti-Christ. And yet if I'm going to the media and through the eye gate and the ear gate, I'm letting in all of that garbage. It soaks me. It gets in you. Same thing could be said about um, sexual stuff like pornography I'll even go so far as to say uh, television and movies with nudity and hardcore makeout sessions. And what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Christians hear me on this, especially the younger you are. I hope you, you're listening. I am not a legalist, but it's not legalism for me, a Christian, to tell you the Holy Spirit isn't within a hundred miles of you watching sexualized stuff. I don't care if it's not technically pornography. If you're giving your mind to lustful images and make out sessions in R-rated movies or PG-13 or on television, God help us, it's everywhere. And you, you think that that's consistent with walking in the spirit, you've been deceived. It's an eye gate that feeds your flesh. Ear gates, like the, the music that we listen to. What is the messaging of the music you primarily listen to? I can remember songs from my childhood 
And I can't remember where I put my car keys 30 minutes ago. Music is a powerful medium that lines the, the um, parts of your brain and it never leaves. When you hear it and when you layer it over and over and over again, it affects your thinking. Your brain, your thinking, your outlook, your worldview climatizes to what you're listening to. And so if you're listening to music that is about violence, that is about self-promotion, that is about sexuality, that is about rebellion, that is about despair and hopelessness and bleakness, that's getting inside of you. And the Holy Spirit can't bless that. So it's actually, it's, it's like putting garbage, bags of garbage in your head. And so for you to be able to experience the fragrance of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and, yes, self-control, well, that's what the Holy Spirit's going after, but it's buried under all the garbage that people are putting in their minds day after day. So you can't walk in the Spirit if you're letting garbage into your life. You just can't. We need to be filling our minds with truth, the truth of God's word, the principles of God's kingdom, the ways of God's heart. And listen, we're never graduated from that. A lot of Christians are running off the fumes of what they learned a year ago or five years ago or a decade ago. Well, I mean, I'm talking a lot of Christians. Most Christians don't read the word of God. Even fewer study the word of God. And so we, we are filling our minds like hours upon hours upon hours every day with stuff that is in opposition to God. And then we're negligent as a people about filling our lives with that which is sourced in God, his truth, his ways, his Holy Spirit ways, his biblically um, defined ways. And people are like, oh, I wonder why I'm not experiencing breakthrough. I wonder why this recurring sins in my life. Well, it's because you're feeding your flesh and you're starving your spirit. Now, none of this is meant to be accusatory, but it is. Listen, I didn't know this stuff until, until somebody told me. So, I mean, we got to tell each other this stuff. And so if, if we're not experiencing breakthrough and we're constantly defeated, I'm going to tell you it's, it's always because on some level we're not walking in the spirit. Recurring sin, any moment of sin in my life occurs in that moment. I'm not walking in the spirit. I'm walking in the flesh. I'm, I'm acting independently of the spirit of God. And a lot of people think, well, walking in the spirit, it'll just happen. No, it won't. It will not. You have to crucify your flesh and you have to intentionally consecrate yourself under the spirit. And so this happens daily. This doesn't happen on Sundays. Sundays is, you know, for a lot of people, that's the big Christian moment. No, the actual war is Monday through Saturday. Sundays are easy, man. I mean, Sundays just got a lot of... A lot of hype, a lot of collective power, a lot of religious settings and stuff. Those, pff, come on, anybody can do a Sunday. What about the rest of the week? That's where the war is won. And so we got to be filled with the word of God. I'm, I'm real sorry if that's boring. Uh, let me just prophesy something. I believe that the year 2022 um, is going to be the year of the teacher. I believe God is raising up teachers of the word of God, and it's going to be their year. In past years, we've seen the year of the evangelist and tons of people getting saved. We've seen, you know, the year or the years of the prophets. I think recently it's been a lot of prophecy, but it's gotten really sloppy because the teachers have been kind of 
on the back row with their mouth shut. And what I think God's doing is because he will be releasing a prophetic outpouring, but before that really occurs, he's going to release a teaching out outpouring where we get back to knowing our Bible so that when the prophetic outpouring comes, we can differentiate between what is prophetically from God and what is false prophecy that's rooted in the flesh or the enemy. And so teaching is important. You've got to listen. You're listening to a podcast. So you're probably pursuing God theologically on some level. Keep doing that. Love the Lord, your God with all of your heart and mind. So you have to love the Lord with your mind. You have to think about your faith. You have to saturate your brain, your mind, your spirit, your soul with truth. And so when we do that, it greater and more greatly enables us to walk in the spirit. That's not all there is to walking in the spirit, but you can't walk in the spirit without filling your life with truth. When it comes to music, listen, guys, I'm just going to say this. The, the more stuff from the culture you're listening to, the weaker you are in your spirit. And if you will feed your spirit, when I say the, your spirit, I'm also talking about the Holy Spirit within you. He likes music about Jesus. The Holy Spirit likes songs and music and lyrics about God. The Holy Spirit will not endorse you listening to, you know, WAP from whatever her name was. He's not going to listen. I mean, he's not going to, you know, rejoice with you if you're listening to death metal and lyrics of suicide and cutting and harm and violence. Listen, a lot of you guys love country music. Okay. You know, maybe country's supposedly like the cousin to Christian music. Well, pay attention to the lyrics. Because a lot of it's about hooking up in bars and a lot of it's about poor old me and a lot of it's about, you know, I'm cool, I'm great, I'm this, my woman, I can have any other woman. And it's just all just a bunch of nonsense. And yet people are listening to it and then they wonder why the Christian songs on Sunday seem a little dry and boring. Well, it's because you've, you've fed your flesh all week and you don't know how to respond in your spirit to music that actually exalts Jesus. Because you've got to, you, you're buried under a week's worth of flesh of listening to cultural music that doesn't have anything to do with God or you're buried under, you know, a thousand news feeds where everybody's venting on each other and division and dissension. Listen, you can't walk in the spirit while you are gorging on social media feeds. You can't unless all of your social media feeds are kingdom oriented. Um, I'm not the hero of the story, but I'll tell you, um, probably six months before the Biden Trump uh, uh, election, which of course Joe Biden won, but about probably about four months before all of that, I just realized I was getting, I was getting toxicity in me from the media streams, the news. I just cut it off and I, I haven't gone back to watching it since I scan the headlines so I can know what's going on in the world today. I rarely read a news report and I've taken flack for that. I've like said that publicly and I'm like, yeah, you guys are miserable. I don't have my head buried in the sand. I know what's going on in the world, but it's in the world. It's not in me. And some of y'all have so gorged and, you know, just slurped down the stuff going on in the culture. You're angry. You're hostile with people, even people in the body of the Christ who have different politics in you. You're actually slaying unity on the altar of politics. And you think the Lord likes that. Now, I'm sorry I'm being a little provocative and bold, but I'm, I'm fighting for your soul. I'm fighting because you, you need to know the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And so he goes on, Paul goes on back in Galatians 5. And then let me just, I'll, I'll wrap it up with verse 25. Like, just real quick, by the way, just a by the way moment. 
Verse 21 is like really important because it says that people that are living in unbroken patterns of constant flesh are not saved people. That's the verse that woke me up in the early 90s because I thought I was a Christian, but I was doing pretty much everything in that list. And um, the Bible was like piercing me because it, it, it's not confusing. It says, I tell you now, as I told you before. So it wasn't the first time Paul said it. He says it in Romans 6 too, by the way. I've warned you, as I warned you before, people that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You'd have to hire a bunch of theologians to confuse you on that. Um, it's very plain. So yes, Christians will sometimes slip into sin, but if your whole life is dominated by sin, I welcome you. I, I urge you, you need to get broken before God and, and throw yourself on the mercy of God and say, Lord, I need Jesus. I'm, I'm still the same as I used to be. I'm just a religious sinner. I need to be Lord, a, a redeemed sinner who's no longer primarily a sinner, but a saint. And then at the end, for all of you that have come to Christ, it does say this. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh very quickly. And by the way, it says crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. So a Christian who has crucified the flesh, that means when you get saved, your flesh is pierced by the nails of crucifixion. It means you're identifying with Jesus in his death. Jesus came to slay sin. He came to slay the devil. He's, he's stomped the scorpion's heads. He's killed every demon. They're still going down swinging, but they're doomed. They're defeated. And so your flesh is also defeated. I mean, that's pretty, pretty important. Your flesh is defeated. But if you feed your flesh, you're actually resurrecting your flesh. I mean, I want you to think of it this way. Jesus is crucifying your flesh. And when we feed our flesh, we're actually opposing the crucifixion. We're actually resurrecting what Jesus is determined to put to death. So if I'm feeding my flesh through sin, if I'm feeding my flesh through sources in the culture, if I'm feeding my flesh through um, media and books and movies and music and relationships that don't have anything, some of you need to just straight up at the end of this podcast, send an email, send a text, make a phone call and cut off your relationships with people that are dragging you down as a Christian. You're, Jesus is trying to crucify your flesh and the people you run with are actually empowering your flesh and encouraging your flesh and attaching their flesh to your flesh. Um, crucifixion is a slow death. You've heard me say that before. Crucifixion, ultimately, the people who were crucified in ancient times, they died of suffocation. So it didn't happen instantly. But the picture is, is that if Jesus has crucified us, and by cooperating with that, when we came to Christ, we are crucifying our flesh. It doesn't make any sense to keep propping up and strengthening that which Jesus is killing. So every day, I'm either putting my flesh to death or giving it CPR. Every day, you're either cooperating with the Holy Spirit who's putting your flesh to death, which is the greatest thing that can happen to you as a believer, because as your flesh dies, there's so much more room in your life for the spirit to give expression to himself through you. But if you're resuscitating your flesh through the stuff that you're allowing into your life, you're cooperating with the very opposite of what God wants for you. So let's walk by the spirit. For those of you that are suspicious of all things Holy Spirit because of the not so great 
um, portrayal of Holy Spirit life by people who say the Holy Spirit told me to do this or made me do this. Listen, quit hiding behind the mistakes of others and get real with God and say, God, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want a fresh baptism of power. I want the fruit of freedom in my life. I want to look my besetting sin in the eye and tell it to go to hell where it belongs. That's where Jesus sends all sinful things straight to hell. Tell your sin to go to hell. And I, I'm, I'm saying get militant about it. Quit feeding your flesh. Quit hanging with people that are feeding their flesh. At some point, you got to decide who do I really want to belong to? And if it means you're alone, and you're the only 20 something or 30 something that is walking in the spirit. So be it. it means when all the other worship leaders are going out to bars that you say, no, that's actually not for me because that's not an environment that's going to stimulate my spirit. And so when, when people in your peer group are getting drunk and drinking to excess and hanging out in atmospheres and the more drinks they have, the looser their mouths get and the looser their morals get and, and you're thinking that's the group you want to hang with, you're misguided. You're wrong. You say, well, Jeff, that sounds like really, you sound like a Pharisee. I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a Pharisee at all. I'm just asking you to do the inventory. Is that helping you? Is that kind of lifestyle helping you? Is any of this stuff helping you? And if it's not, if you're not becoming more like Jesus and you're not experiencing freedom in the spirit, then it is time for a change. So those are my thoughts today from Galatians 5. I appreciate you guys listening to Mavericks and Misfits. Check out our umbrella website, transformingtruth.org. Take advantage of the sermon material there. Fill your mind with truth. Fill your mind with preaching. Fill your mind with books and, and music that exalts Jesus and cut the other stuff off. Why? Because your soul depends on it. Hallelujah. Feed your soul with the food of heaven. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us to reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget that you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.